Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 28 of Amateur Hour. We're happy to have you here. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in. Shreyas, how are you today? Good, Max. Uh, I just want to welcome the fans to our audio abode for it the is. 20, 28th time. For the 28th time, this is an audio abode. This is a a safe place, a sanctum, if you will. <laughs> a nice sanctuary. A sanctuary. Is that the same thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I, uh, I don't have my Oxford Dictionary with me at the Not moment. So I'm not, yeah, neither am I. We can, let's see. I'm going to give Noam Chomsky a call <laughs> and we'll see if he wants to come on. I, I'm going to hazard that this might be a little bit out of his range of interests, but we'll see. We can, who knows? We <laughs> Listen, if we had pro football players on this podcast, we can for sure get Noam Chomsky. Anyway, Shreyas, let's get the good vibes going. Bring us to those weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right. So let's start with my personal weekly eye. Um, we found a, a hammock at our house that we didn't know Whoa. we had for many a years. And wow. so my mom was like going through some, some stuff at the house and found a hammock. And now we're trying to find a spot in the backyard or, you know, under the deck or something. Try to try to hang it up and, you know, get some get some vibes off podcast as well you know what i mean Just yeah some chill vibes some yeah listening to some tunes swaying side to side find a good spot oh yeah i've always okay. wanted to have a hammock i just never realized it until i we found a hammock you know you know I, the feeling like you're like yeah. i didn't know i needed this until you have it baby i didn't know i needed you till i met you all <laughs> right I said, that to the, <laughs> I said that to the piece of cloth that's in <laughs> That's Storage. now strung up outside. <laughs> that's actually that's actually awesome. I mean, hammocks are great if you want to do a nice read. If you mm. want to just like you said, listen to music and just be outside. That's that's a win. That's a win. It's a win. That's I huge. Like, it's it's multifunctional, as you said. Yeah, you can really. I mean, just like you know, who just wants to like sit outside on a deck or something like that? No, hammock time. Hammock. That's no, because you're you're all laid out, right? There's like if you're on like a lounge chair. You still like the lounge chair isn't. I don't know, like, it's it's not around you. It's just you. You're like almost have to contort yourself onto the chair you're on. Yeah, you're being caressed by the hammock. It's you're in right. like a little like cocoon. A little cocoon. Um, yeah. Yes. Yep. A little a little burrito of sorts. <laughs> you're in your burrito. own sanctum. I think sanctum is the word of the day. You're sanctum in your own little sanctum in the hammock. You're listening to amateur hour. It's it's. I mean, what. What's better than that? You're listening to Amateur Sanctum. <laughs> hey, also, people, don't forget, uh, we plugged it last week, but we have socials. We have an Instagram now, which is super fun. Today, we posted a picture of PJ Tucker. Which PJ Tucker are you? Go which, check that out. Uh, which, I which one are you? Which one are you? Oh, I was definitely the top the top right. Yeah, the one where he just got dunked on, and he's absolutely shocked. That's a good Which is kind of my my state of being over the past little while you know i wake up i'm like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're always always surprised about what's happening to you i go to work oh, oh, oh. 
Now are you always an old man when you go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Trace, which PJ Tucker are you? I'm definitely the last one. Just like just like, are you serious? Like I feel mm. like that sometimes when I'm just like, bruh. Mm-hmm. What? Like yep. almost like fr- frustrated, about to cry, but doesn't cry. <laughs> but it's not top left, right? Top left is annoyed. Top left top left is like irritated. Yeah. It's yeah. just like it's just like it's like irritated, but you but you can't do anything about it. So you're like, I'm gonna have to make this face to compensate. Yep. yep. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. So for reference, check out our Instagram at amateur underscore hour underscore podcast. Yep. All right. Trace, what about sports? What was good in sports this week? Oh man, that happened yesterday, Max. And that was the Bucks Suns game, game four. And it was a very good I, game. Very good game. Probably the best one of the series so far. And I just want to shout out Chris Middleton because oh my god, I've been really riding the Chris Middleton wave. I really like, and I, I talked about this on pod before, how I how I love Chris Middleton, and you know he hasn't been the greatest shooter of all time during this playoff stretch, but you want the ball in his hands in crunch time in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he showed it last night, 40 yeah. points, 10 straight in the last two minutes and 30 seconds of the game. Yeah. And yep. like, you, that's what he does. Like you think like, okay, Chris Middleton, good player. Like, and he is like, he's not like the greatest of all. Like he's not like a top 10 player or top 20 player or anything like but that. But he's very good. Yeah, yeah. He's very good. You put him out there because you know, when the ball is in his hands, he can at least make the right play. His shooting may be off, mm-hmm. but he knows when to dish it to Giannis. He knows how to, like, they have a really good chemistry together, especially mm-hmm. on the pick and roll. They play mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. And he knows, like, okay, if Giannis is double covered on this pick and roll, I'm just going to take it to the hoop. And then his jump shot is freaking sweet. Like, Oh, you mid-range outside. Oh, there was one. He just, uh, uh, Devin Booker was in his face. He just and, like, it. Chris Middleton just had the ball. Like, he didn't even dribble it, and he just shot it. He just drilled it, yeah. And sometimes Insane. I can get irritated with those shots, especially if it's been off. The like, the top of the key, he hasn't dribbled it yet. He and just kind of shoot yeah. shoots it and with a hand in his face, and it kind of you know clanker. But when he's on like that, like that, there's no one on that team I'd rather have the ball, other than Giannis if he's like three feet in front of the basket. But yeah, and, I a, mean Chris yeah. Middleton, that was the quietest forty points I've ever seen. Yeah, and also the quietest battle. Right, like yeah. he, like Devin Booker had thirty eight. What did he have? He had forty. Uh, he had forty two. Yeah, forty two. Right. So forty two and forty like doesn't happen so often in finals games. In finals games, yep. Like that type of forty forty battle. So you know, but you wouldn't notice until you saw the statue. You're like, oh man, Devin Booker also had forty two. Yeah. Oh wait, I know, Chris it was, they- too. Yeah, and it was just it was such a way that I mean, Shreyas, you are you are absolutely correct in saying that that this has been the best game of the series so far. It like everybody outside of you know Devin Booker on the Suns and everybody outside of Chris Middleton on the Bucks, everybody was doing their job. Like there was a bunch of rebounds on both teams. Everybody was like sharing the ball. Other bench players were like stepping up and making big plays. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have Giannis who was still going off, and then you go actually go over to the Suns though. Chris Paul was not not doing well. Um, yeah that we'll, that battle between the teams i mean just fun to watch it was yeah and we'll talk a little bit more about chris paul in this podcast but just a great overall game finally a game where it mattered 
in the fourth quarter. Like, I felt like the past three games, it either was like, you know, like double digit lead. You probably knew that it, it was going to be right. one way or the other by the end, by the end yep. of the third. And yep. this one, like you had to watch the last minute or two for you to figure out if it was a, you know, a tightly contested game or not. And that's, uh, that was, that's, yeah, that's the mark of a, a really good finals game and a really good basketball game in general. So I agree. Yeah. I, okay. I got to say though, I got to say having watched the game, the Suns would have won had Devin Booker not gotten into foul trouble. That man was scorching hot in the third. Yes. And also, I mean, Devin Booker also got, you know, he got so he got the advantage of some of the non calls too at the end of that game too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. as much as as much as he got put into foul trouble, he got to stay in the game at the end of the game at the end of the day. And that foul at the end that 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 one that they just didn't call. Um, yeah, I think it was Drew Holiday. It was that Drew, was yeah. absolutely a foul. His other oh, hand man. wrapped him up. Yeah, he you knew that at that time Devin Booker had no idea. I think he was just kind of thinking like, I can't stop the fast break. And I, it's part of the game nowadays where it's like, if someone's on a fast break, I would rather not make the play and, you know, either get embarrassed or dunked on or whatnot. And I would rather foul and, you know, maybe it, like, maybe it becomes a, a clear path, but who cares? Like I'm not, I'm still, I'm stopping him so that it's a free throw and that's considered the smart play. Mm-hmm. But because that's so ingrained in players' minds, Devin Booker had definitely did not understand the situation at that time and almost thought, okay, I'm going to stop this fast break, not realizing he already had five fouls. And yeah. he got saved, he got saved in that moment. And it probably could have happened yeah. a second time too. I think he, I think uh, if I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but that was a, that was the most egregious one. Definitely. That was, that was egregious. Also, I do just want to point out one thing too. So I mentioned Devin Booker being out, being the reason that the Suns didn't win. And and I'm saying this, you know, I'm I want the Suns to win. That is like my picked favorite. Um, but we'll see. Milwaukee, they fought. They shot 24% from beyond the arc and 40% from the field. The Suns shot 50% from the field and 30% from beyond the arc. But here was the difference. The Suns had 17 turnovers, five of which Huge. came from Chris Paul alone. That man could not handle the rock last night. Huge. And I saw a stat um, that I wanted to, and we usually don't, you know, give too many stats on this podcast, but I thought this was a really a glaring stat. And yeah, it's Chris Paul's turnovers by series this, uh, this playoffs. And interesting. Okay. So for the late, for the Lakers series, he had nine and six games. So that's uh, 1.5 turnovers per game. Okay. For the nugget series, he had five and four games. So that's, uh, one and a quarter turnovers a game. Okay. For the Clippers series, he had eight and four games, so two turnovers a game. So wow. roughly now you're you're getting you know it's getting a little bit higher, but he's a career like two turnover a game player. So there's nothing out of the normal. You just we saw a lot of the games during this year where he had like zero turnovers, one turnover, like right. And he was and he had like ten assists. Like there was a bunch of those games this year. So it's like okay, you know, it's getting a little bit higher, but it's not staying. And then you look Dude, at the, two turnovers per game. I mean, you know, as a point guard, that is really the good. regular seasons. Yeah, that's something that you'll like see normally. You know, Russell Westbrook, somebody who always has the ball in his hands, James Harden, they come with a number of turnovers. So yeah, that's like acceptable. Guys, but for those guys are like four though, or five turnovers. They're like four or five. But yeah. you want to see them tighten it up, right? It's still not that bad for two, especially as a primary ball handler. No, anyway, that's, what's that, the last? That's definitely what, great. So 
the Buck series, right? So it's been yeah. four games. He's had 17 turnovers in the series. So that's an average <gasps> of 4.86 turnovers a game. In the finals. Or Dude. that's an average of 4.25 turnovers a game. Yeah. Wow. In the finals. And this is the biggest stage, right? So four four and a quarter turnovers a game, 17 total in four games. Like that's a big glaring kind of thing to fix. And it hasn't been fixed in the last wow. four games. Wow. I mean, this dude was yeah. just, I mean, last night he was just like literally falling over. He was just tripping. He was making errant yeah. passes. It just yeah. was not good. It was not tight. It was not clean. And it's tough too when, you know, you're, you're calling on your teammates to step up. And when Devin Booker, like when Devin Booker came out, you need Chris Paul. I got to say though, Cam Johnson stepped up big, but normally you're looking for Chris Paul to step up and he was just not there. He had two points in the first half. That's not good. It's and not. one for four, one for five. Yeah. It's not. He had seven assists. He had five turnovers. That's so, oh my God. So it's like he did, he, for the first two games, they did enough to win. Right? Yeah. So the Bucks the Bucks shot bad enough that regardless of, you know, any miscues the Suns made, the Suns are talent wise, I believe are the better team. So if the Bucks don't play up to their their peak or, you know, 95, 90, 95%, the Suns have the best chance of winning, regardless. Yeah. Yep. But on a game where Chris Middleton's going off along with Giannis, right? For the first couple of games, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were both awful. They weren't good. And Giannis yeah. is the only one taking over. And yeah. at that point, you're like, okay, the Suns are going to win this. But when Chris Middleton comes back to life, the Suns can't do anything to, you know, take away their the advantage that they once had. And if you're turning the ball over that many times, you said 17 yesterday, right? You're turning over the ball 17, 17 times. times. That's taking away the advantage you once had and putting yourself down to the level of the team you're playing. And at that time, Chris Middleton was the one that won that game. So him and Giannis really played that well. So it can't happen again for Chris Paul. He can't have a game where he's 10 and seven and Uh, turning the ball over five. That's and that last one too, Max. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Horrible. It's, It's, it's honestly, it's horrible. Like you can't fall down and let the ball go on a play and then allow that break to happen in a tied two point game. Like that's just, you can't do it. Like, so, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be, you know, tuned up. Yeah. I mean, they just gotta, I mean, well, you know, you watch, you watch game three as, you know, as somebody who was like analyzing the Suns from a pseudo fan perspective. And you say the Suns just had a bad game. Devin Booker was shooting bad. The team made a bunch of mistakes. You can give one up, especially when you're up two Oh, you can give up one game as a loss. Like you try, you fight hard, you get blown up by 20 points. It's a wash this game though. This game was choke artistry at the end. It really yeah, was. Again, really was. crucial turnovers. The block by Giannis definitely helped protect the Bucks, but I don't think that was the winning play. A lot of people are hailing no. it as like the Bam Adebayo block in it the Heat Celtics series. wasn't the same. The There was still plenty of time left on the clock. The Suns could have gotten another stop and then had an opportunity to score again. They right. just couldn't do either of those. Right. I mean, I mean great block. He To contort his... Body, His body like the, well to get up to get and up to get, that and to get up to Aiton's pinnacle right to yep. and then be able to get that off like that's a great block but you, you max you're completely true that that wasn't the 
the game changing moment. I thought the game changing moment really was when Chris Paul turned the ball over the fifth time. He just fell. Yeah. He fell on the ground Couldn't, and it just can't, went. Can't let that happen. It just can't happen. Uh, and that was at such an important moment to protect the lead. Yeah. And even if, you know, again, you, as, as you know, as someone who plays basketball, as we are both going to play basketball after this podcast today, oh, yeah. because it's the first nice day in forever. Um, at like you, a missed shot is so much better than just a turnover. Right. And like a sloppy turnover too. You know, like if somebody actually like picks your pocket and steals the ball, that's honestly impressive because it's, it's a lot of times hard to do. If you just make a bad pass to a defender or just to the sideline, that is so, so, so frustrating. Yeah. And it becomes an opportunity for the other team to get the advantage on that possession. Right. So hundred percent when you're in your half court set and you take either a bad shot or a shot that doesn't make it, you know, doesn't go in you were at least had the ability to, you know, have the top half of the court, like the top half of, you know, the half court set. And you can, you know, you can get back on defense if needed. But if you give the ball over to the other team, either on, you know, like the slip that Chris Paul did, or, you know, it's a bad pass, you're that you don't have the split second reaction to go back as much as you, you would if you were to miss the shot. You have time to set yourself up in defense on transition if you need to, if you missed a shot. So yeah, I totally, I, yeah, yeah. You can't allow a three on one like that. That was bad. Well, right. And, and there's no way that you're, you're, there's no way that you're stopping that realistically. And I want to say Chris Middleton yeah. could have got an and one on that. If we were playing, yeah. if we were playing, if we were playing, you know, if the, if the refs were playing fair, Chris the Middleton. Refs, uh, yeah. The ref, some of the refereeing calls on both sides. I was like, okay. The non-call, the non-calls kind of got to it. Usually they overcall a game, but I feel like they undercalled this one. Now the, to over, you know, compensate, they're going to overcall game five. I just feel it. It's going to happen. You know, I don't think that you're going to be. I don't think that you're wrong. I. <laughs> it's going. Scott Foster's going to come back. Yeah. Scott Foster's the worst. <laughs> Tony, bro- it's going to be the Tony, Tony Brothers Bro- Scott Foster <laughs> dynamic duo. If anybody doesn't know, these are two of the most notoriously terrible refs in the NBA. They have extreme bias both consequently towards the Lakers and they hate like every other team except for like a couple that they pick to favor. Mm -hmm. And they are just so, so bad. I, nobody, I don't know of a single person who enjoys watching Scott Foster ref. Well, it's just, it's frustrating to watch them because they insert themselves into games too many times, especially key moments. Yes. They act like they are the, the, the bee's knees. Yeah. Like the experience becomes worse as a fan watching. Like I like although some of the non calls were wrong yesterday, it was a pretty flowing fourth quarter. Like it was yes. like yeah. I can I rather play, which I, I like. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather handle like non calls and be like, what the heck? They should have called that than oh my god, now we're going you're, to replay for the fifth time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well that was the that. end of that that was wasn't that a Suns Clippers game? Where yes. yeah, it was it was thirty minutes for the last ninety seconds of the yep. game. Yeah, can't handle yeah. that. So I actually heard too yesterday. One thing that made me laugh while I was watching the game was Mike Breen said something. <laughs> he was talking about the referees, uh-huh. and he started like going off on this rant, and he started framing it like a sad story. And he's like, <laughs> "You guys have no idea how much these refs have to sacrifice to be out here," and I laughed. I laughed so hard. I was like, "Mike." Stop it. He's like, you don't understand what these refs are giving up to be here to referee the finals. They are away from their families. I'm like, bruh, stop it. 
stop it. These dudes are making bank and it's they are jo- just doing whatever they want. It's a stop job it. they chose, especially for the, the higher, you know, profile refs. They're definitely getting yeah. all the good games, so they get paid well for the finals. Yeah. Stop but, it. But also like <laughs> but also like Mike Mike Breen, I feel like in most games has that type of commentary about the refs where it's like he always tries to take I mean, the, rest, the side of the, the NBA. Side. Yeah, the, the side yeah. of the NBA, right? What would the NBA kind of want as an opinion? And Jeff Van Gundy is like a kind of the fans guy where he's like, he, he, he rants about like everything he wants to change about the NBA. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I like that because I'm mm-hmm. a fan and I, I don't like just hearing about how the NBA is, you know, amazing and, you know, flowers and roses. Oh, Shreya, so the NBA is a flawless organization. Right. Of course. Like, so I like, I like, you know, Jeff Van Gundy commentary, but like, I mean, they have to have some sort of dichotomy, right? Otherwise there won't be like quarreling on, you know what I mean? There won't be that type of banter on set. So I get what he's trying to do there. So ridiculous, ridiculous. Okay. So that kind of brings me into uh, a little bit of the weekly lows. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The lows. So I just want to, yeah, I guess I've just in general, you know, was frustrated with uh, the the refereeing and in just we've talked about it before, the inconsistency. But but mm-hmm. really, I mean, we already talked about it. My, my weekly low was Chris Paul's performance yeah. just to see such a talented point guard really like fumble the bag and literally fumble the ball. I just like you're like what what is this man doing? He really is that kid that you play with at the rec center that over dribbles the ball <laughs> and then loses it, and you're like. Oh, well, who would have thought? He just, I don't know if he didn't do his heavy ball workout before, you know, he got on the court. It just did not look good. So, yeah, the handles. Not, not and today. I'm not, don't get it twisted. I am not trying to disrespect Chris Paul. It's just, you know, you have a bad game when you really couldn't have a bad game. You, and you just have to call it like you see it too, Max. Like, we have four games to go off of. In these four games, he has not been good. Like, Devin yeah. Booker. Well, first game, first game, he dropped 32. <laughs> right. So I will say that that is good. Okay. Yes. So, you know, I mean, I mean, from a standpoint of turnovers, turnovers. So like, even though yeah. he had 32, right. They had, they still had the upper hand because Milwaukee wasn't shooting well. Yeah. Now when, you know, he's not shooting well, he can't make the same mistakes that he was making when he had 32. Yep. So yeah, that's all I you're agree. saying. It's like, and it was one of those things, too, where it's like you need to – I get that you're the superstar, but with Devin Booker being scorching hot, I mean mm. – and in, in, in that third and fourth quarter, Cam Johnson, like I mentioned before, made huge plays, made huge plays. He had a huge block. He had some really important buckets. That's the kind of guy that you want to get going. That he's, just – he's streaky. He's been going, Kind of like too. Bridges, but he's been going. Yeah. I mean, it all started with the dunk on P.J. Tucker. See, see our PJ Tucker diagram on Instagram. <laughs> uh, but I mean that that dunk, I gotta say that dunk was very impressive. Yes. And I'll and speaking about, you know, the the bench and the kind of not more the ancillary players of the Suns, other than, you know, Booker and Paul. Jay Crowder has been really doing well. He was really good last night. And yeah. DeAndre Ayton, although DeAndre Ayton only scored six points last night, his rebounding has just had an effect. Yep. on every series that they've they've played like he is fighting for rebounds i'm not these aren't 
empty 17 rebounds. These are yep. clutch rebounds. Yep. And so when you get those type, if, if those lead to second possessions, they have to finish those off. And that could be the, the difference in some of these games. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I, he just, you said it, you said it. He had an impact on the game. It just, he, but he's not there to score. Just like PJ Tucker. I don't know why I keep bringing him up. I guess maybe I'm a big PJ Tucker fan. He's great. <laughs> PJ, PJ Tucker has scored zero points last night. He's not there to score. No. He's there to disrupt the ball and to disrupt the superstars. And he does a good job of that. Right. And same, you know. same as Drew Holiday, too. Drew Holiday, although he hasn't been, he, oh, he hasn't been, he has not been really good at all no. No. for shooting. But no. he has an effect on the defensive end, and that's what's causing some of these yes. turnovers that yes. Chris Paul is going through. So. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So uh, my personal weekly low is I, you know, I really, uh, today, I guess, is the first sunny day in New England that we have had in quite literally two two and a half weeks so this, this i was feeling good has been this month this july july since the first of july has not even before that like that that week before in june mm-hmm. every single day it'll maybe it'll start off maybe it'll start off cloudy maybe it'll start off sunny but at like five or six o'clock every night a thunderstorm or rainstorm will roll through and i didn't think that i was going to get seasonal depression during the summer but here I am. Mm. <laughs> I am sad. Now it's I'm feeling better today, but man, the weather has been a bummer. Yeah, the the reservoirs definitely had a good time this month. So hopefully we can have some some better days ahead. Yeah, it's just blech. anyway. All right, so I want to uh, move into the meat and potatoes. As promised a few weeks ago, uh, I mentioned a ghost story that I would Ooh. tell. But it's been two weeks. So I've had one encounter. And I'm not saying I believe. I'm not saying that I don't believe. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything either way. This is for but this I, is for the listeners to decide. This is for the listeners to decide. And yeah, I'm going to tell the story and you can come up with your opinion. So quite a few years ago, it was around, I think it was around 2006 or 2007 when I first moved into, you know, my family's home. Or no, it was 2004. Excuse me. I was six. My brother was four. Uh-huh. We moved in. We shared a room. We had bunk beds. I was on the bottom. He was on the top. Now, one night, it was a normal night. I was asleep in my bed, and I woke up, right? Totally fine. I was, you know, a little thirsty, but I also had to go to the bathroom. Now, the way that my house is laid out, we are on the second floor, and there's three rooms upstairs. So there's a middle room, our bedroom, and then another bedroom on the other side of the middle room. The okay. stairs are in the middle room. It just goes down to the rest of the house. And so I walk out of the room and directly, if I, if I walk out of the room and go right to the left, there's a bathroom and that's just where it is right next to the stairs. So this night I get up and I walk over just out and I go to the bathroom like normal. But as I walk into the bathroom and I just remember this, I remember being awake. And as I tell this, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. I walk into the bathroom and directly in there is a closet and out of the closet, just something. I couldn't tell you what it was. Something that is like dark, just this big, massive, just literal like black shape comes out of the closet at me, grabs me, literally pushes me back. I swear to God, through the wall, back into my bed. I'm like lying there. I just like feel something like go over me. And I'm like, I, I am just terrified. It's one of those moments where I was literally, I remember being awake because I've never had a dream this vivid. And I scream, but there's no sound. And I'm like up. And I, I was, I think I, I did not sleep for the rest of the night. I just like turned myself into the corner. I covered myself up with the blankets. 
I just, I like walked into the bathroom and then something just came out and met me and literally carried me through the wall. Now, yeah, so say wait. what you will. Yeah, I don't so, know. So wait, so wait, so wait. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get some clarification here. Did you go back into the bathroom when you were like, oh, like, oh crap, like I, something just threw me. Did you go back in to see what no. was there or? You just no. went straight back to bed. No, I was I was literally terrified. I like I I pulled the blankets up, I turned over, and I just like I just like stayed there. You know, when you wake up from a nightmare and you're too afraid to move? Yeah. It was one of those. I was like I was like sweating, I was panting, I was terrified. And it was one of those scenarios where as a kid I was too afraid to call for my parents. You know, my brother was right above me. I don't know. I just I don't know if I really went through a wall. I I cannot confidently say that that's what happened. But that is what my memory is, and that is what I experienced. Now, now did, did anyone hear it? Did you like wake up in the morning and were you like, did anyone hear a sound last night or anything? Did you ask anyone in your family? No, no, I don't even think because as a child, I'm six years old, mm-hmm. so I didn't really, I don't think I knew how to process it. But this was a memory that has been so vivid that it's like stuck with me. I don't have a lot of memories from when I was six, uh-huh. but this is something that stuck with me, so I don't know. Maybe it was the most vivid dream that I've ever had, but I just, the way that it was, I remember being awake. So whether I was like, whether I got up and I started sleepwalking and then that put me into a dream and somehow I wound up back in my bed, that could be a possibility. But I remember being awake and there's a clear difference. If you've ever had like a vivid dream or something during the night, like there's a clear difference when you wake up. And I know that I was awake at least at the start. It was... That's yeah. crazy. Well, that's crazy. I've never had a dream or I've never had an experience like what you said. Like I've definitely had dreams that, you know, you accidentally trip and fall down an abyss and you just keep falling and falling and falling. And it's like almost right. like nothing. It's just like black, right? right. You just keep falling. But right. I've never had an experience you said like where something has – I don't know. That, was it like amorphous? Like what type of shape was it? Did you see? It was, it was, it was like, it was like amorphous. There was no distinct shape. I couldn't tell you if it was a person. I couldn't tell you if it was a truck. Oh. It, it was, it was large. It was, it was about the size. I'll just say of like a big inflatable, like beach ball, but it felt bigger than that. It just felt like, I don't know. And I couldn't say if it was wispy. I couldn't say if it was clearly defined. Basically what happened was as I, as I walked in and so I turned to the left, I go into the bathroom, right. I enter, I cross the threshold of the doorway. I look over to turn on the light, which is over to the left. As I'm going to turn on the light, I look back up and just this, just this thing literally just comes through the closet and just like, boom. Now and I the don't closet remember. door is open or is it closed? No, the closet door is closed. Oh, so it can go through walls. Right. Which is, I don't know. So if anybody who is listening to this might be a long shot, if you've ever had an experience, I don't know. Basically, after that, my brother started getting like night terrors and things like that. And my dad actually called a specialist to like come out and check it out. So if oh, you man. that is the only yeah, that is after after the specialist came, though, we were fine. But my brother had like waking night terrors for a long for like a month after that. Was it because so, you, was it because you told him or did he have his own experience? No, I didn't tell I didn't tell him anything. But oh, in the God. middle of the night, he would just wake up screaming, crying for for our mother. Um, and it was a scary experience because they, my parents would rush in, they'd go, they'd find him on the top bunk. They'd like bring him down and his eyes would be open, but he like, wouldn't be reacting. He'd just be like screaming. That's crazy. Yeah. So hopefully it's not bad juju to talk about It's kind of therapeutic. I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, you should. 
So if you ever, if anybody's had an experience like that, please share with us on our socials or email us. <laughs> AmateurHourPodcastGG at gmail.com. Anyway, yeah. So that is my ghost story. Dang. I don't, yeah. I don't well, know what it was. I really don't. Like, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I couldn't say for certain that, like, I saw a ghost. It really could have been a dream, but that, yeah. Yep. Well, it just seems so vivid. Like, if you were six years old, right, and yeah. you're able to remember this level of detail, like, it, this is a very granular level of detail that you can – like, I can't remember dreams from, like, a Last day night. ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 it has to be almost, like – a recurring dream for me to remember the theme of something like I got to have mm-hmm. it a couple times to be like, Oh yeah, I've had a dream like that before. Yeah. But if it's a one-off situation and it's been decades since it happened. Yeah. And this is also not a story that creepy. I, that I tell a lot. This is the first time I think I've told this story to, to probably, I think probably to a past girlfriend, probably, you know, a couple years ago. And that was, I think, the only other time that I've, like, opened up about it. I have really haven't told a lot of people about this story. So you could say, oh, well, if you practice this, you know, you just create a memory. Like, I, again, I don't know. That was my experience. What are, what are people's crazy. normal responses when you, when you tell them the story? They were just kind of like you. They were just like, wow, like, what? I don't, I don't know what to think of this. Yeah. Super weird. And I couldn't talk about it for a while. Like, this has always been, like, you know, something that if I, I think of it <laughs> – so I always keep my head down now when I'm going into the bathroom. You know, I just make sure that I turn on every single light uh, mm. on the entire upstairs and walk in, and then I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm assuming, hope maybe the next uh, the next house you're in has lights on the outside of the wall instead of going into the bathroom to turn. Uh-huh. That yep. would be nice. Yeah. Well, because everybody knows that ghosts won't get you if the lights are on. Yep. They go. They, mon- they go away. They go away, and monsters won't attack you if you're under the covers. Right. And also, like if I like from like from Monsters Inc. Right, they do everything in the dark. You can't can't have the lights mm-hmm. on. Try to yep. just try to scare people. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. Anyway, cheers now. Dude. Yeah, that was my that was my ghost story. So changing gears now, Shreyas has brought up the fact that the Olympics are happening. So they are. Shreyas, I ask you, they they are happening. They're they are are. happening. Whether you like them or not, they're happening. Whether you, <laughs> I hate the Olympics. <laughs> oh God, this is the worst part every four years. <laughs> I, I the bane of someone's existence of every four years. They, they don't want to watch television on NBC. <laughs> it's like that one year that the guy, that reporter who went to the Winter Olympics, got pink eye. That was fun. Well, wait, I don't remember the story. What was the story? I don't know. Some reporter who went to the Winter Olympics like had pink eye, and I just remember there was so many jokes. He like got pink eye at one of the hotels. It was the one oh. in Russia. Oh, Sochi! Yeah. Oh, the Sochi Olympics. Yeah, he got pink eye, and he like oh, went. I think God. he did like one broadcast, and you could see his eye was like kind of oh, red. And they asked my him to go home. God, no. Yeah, yeah. He was using the fat pillow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! He said he wanted just, his pill- he wanted his pillows hot, and he oh. he got it. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, I guess we don't have heater, so we have to use the natural method. Okay. All right, so Shrey, let me ask you. Let's talk. Let's do just talk about the Olympics real quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I haven't really followed the Olympics. I don't know who's competing. I don't even know half of these sports existed. But let me ask you about the sports. Which sport would you love to do? Like, if you could be good at any sport, 
which one would it be and which sport would you not like to do oh so i'm a huge i like so okay this is this is kind of in two separate fields but if something that i like it's like a long shot i wouldn't necessarily say i'd ever be good at this i would actually say i'd never be good at this but the modern pentathlon (laughs) really piques my interest just because of how many different sports it combines into one competition like you can do fencing you do swimming and it's not like a lot it's like okay you do the fencing then you do 200 meters of swimming so it's not like i'm swimming a you know a mile or something which i it's gonna be tough at that point right equestrian show jumping i would have never been on a horse i don't know (laughs) if i'd ever want to be on a horse if it's not you know someone hanging on to the 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 rope at the front and then kind of you know pulling me along type of thing yeah so if it requires the horse to to have some hops to it like uh, i don't know like i don't know how i feel about that but that would be cool you know just to be good at that and then pistol shooting which i've shot you know I've done, I'm I'm so I'm a Boy Scout or I was a Boy Scout so I did like you know range shooting and stuff before I camp out and stuff. But well, Shreyas, you know what? That is you know that's a problem with America allowing Boy Scouts <laughs> to have guns. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> but also completely out of the ordinary, like that would that that's interesting to do. Cross country running. Mm. Not a great runner, so then definitely wouldn't be good at this. Like almost a very weird running technique (laughs) but i'll get it done i just don't know if you know coach will allow (laughs) me to run okay so that's your so that's on your no list is cross-country running so like no no so like i want to do all of those types of things into one i like how it combines almost as part of the pentathlon yes yes yes, yes. but i probably not be good at any of these things yeah, so fencing that, is really hard. Fencing, fencing is like don't, super don't sleep hard. on fencing. It looks super hard. I watched the parent trap. I couldn't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> but something I'd be good at, or I feel like I could, you know, learn to be good at it is I didn't realize there's a three on three basketball competition. Did you know oh, that? I didn't know that. No, it was one of the things that popped out to me when I saw this list. I had Olympic games. I had no idea that would be that would be great. Like I love half court basketball. I do like, you know, five on five, but you see that so much that like three on three is almost like that big three tournament type thing, the ice cube tournament. And I'm always like, I'm always like, dang, like one of my favorite things to do is run up, get a rebound. And if, you know, no one recognizes that I'm not just going out to clear it, I'll just, you know, turn around and shoot a three type of thing. And they're like, oh, shoot, like I should have guarded him. Like, (laughs) so I feel like three on three basketball tournament. Great. And I would love to see that in the Olympics. Yeah. What about you, Max? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, if I could be good, if I could be good at any sport, it would be basketball. No, boring. Um, (laughs) No, if I could, let me tell you which one I would not like to be good at. It would be sport climbing. Oh, all the props to you. If you are a professional sport climber, only the fact I say no, only because of the fact that it scares the absolute bejesus out of me. Sport climbing and like bouldering and just extreme like freelance rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Wow. The grip strength on these guys and gals. Impressive. A lot. I just how do they do it? Yeah, especially when the ledge is like at 
such an odd angle like like it's one thing to have it just kind of everything be up and you kind of get the holes and stuff once yeah. you get once you get to like the the ledges and the stuff that back. slanted yeah. backwards right like you're yep. almost like all right how are you going to you know you know you're defying gravity right you have to have such good finger strength and then forearm strength yep it's not just like you just have to look like a beefcake. Like you got to actually like a lot of these people there. They, if you look at them, they're pretty thin, but the amount of, you know, forearm strength and like hand strength that they probably have is insane. And they could basically become Spider-Man at any moment's notice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty oh, right. And when you watch them, I mean, you've seen, I've seen moves where people were, and I, I apologize. I don't understand. I don't know the, the proper terms for everything, but when they'll be doing like a single hand hold or like a two hand hold, and then they'll like push themselves again, back up on those slanted walls, grab something that's like above and behind them with one hand yo, and then lock themselves in with their feet or whatever it is. I mean, I mean, insanity. Yo, insane also ones where it's like you're already above and you have to grab below you to get to another Ooh. spot and uh. also use that as leverage to get up but you're grabbing below you you're already like you know on the wall and there's now this hold that you have it's like that's like all the footholds and the like i don't have toe strength <laughs> like what like i stub my toe and i'm like out you know i'm day to day Yo, I'm going to drop Shreyas to the waiver wire. He's D-to-D. Day-to-day, big toe. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's, yeah, that is one thing. I mean, just, just the, 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 the cojones on the people who just do sport climbing and free climbing in general. Have you ever seen the movie Free Solo, Shreyas? Oh, I don't think I have. I've heard about it. And the guy's I've... insane. The guy is insane. It's a documentary, right? It's a documentary about a guy who actually climbed – Oh, I'm I'm gonna blank on the name of the actual like cliff. It's it just insane. Yeah. Just insane. It's just sheer rock face. It's it. You just look at it. You're like, you can't climb that. This guy's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm no, gonna do it without ropes. No rope. No belay. Nothing. Right. Like, just nothing. Like literally, this dude, his shorts and a bag of chalk. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Man. But you, you give that same bag of chalk to an MMB pitcher. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't get no grip. <laughs> he's like, listen here. I need spider tack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, free climbers demanding spider tack to to climb mountains? They're like, I will not climb this mountain without the stickiest of stick. <laughs> like, like you know what? If I can't use this sticky stuff, I'm gonna hurt myself. <laughs> like I can't. Like it's like that's pretty insane. That they just need you know something to dry them off. Basically, just get like. The lo- lowest level of grip and their hands to the rest and their feet. Lowest, yeah, yep. Oh, Shreyas, Also, I just I did want to say, congratulations because that episode people really enjoyed. So, oh really? I want to say that on pod. I think I told you this off pod, but I want to say it on pod. Episode twenty four? Question mark? Sticky stuff of yeah. Amateur Hour podcast. Great episode. Great okay. episode. It's about it's about the scandal in baseball with spider tack, sunscreen, things like that. So yeah. if you're wondering about that, if you've seen things in the news and you want a little bit of a breakdown, check that out. Definitely Alrighty. check that one out, yeah. All right, so as for my sport that I would want to play, I think it would be really, really sick if you were just real good at archery. It Ooh. sounds lame. Sounds lame. No, but sounds- if you, 
I saw this video into the Hunger Games is what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. When the apocalypse comes, people, listen, I've put it on my tinfoil hat for this one. Well, the apocalypse comes, okay? We need to fight for our own food and survival. All right. I'm going to be better prepared than everyone, okay? I have 82 months of uh, MREs prepped in my basement. I have 610 uh, gallons of water dug underground in a uh, giant drum that I'm going to use in my compound. And I'm going to use my bow to protect myself and my loved ones. All right. It's like that office. It's like that office episode where Dwight <laughs> tells him he has like beans. And, and so like, remember, he's I, like, do you think it would survive a year? Yes. Yes. Two years. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. What about two years and a month? Mm, possibly <laughs> two years and two months. I could see that happening. Two years and four months. It's possible. <laughs> Pam just like, gets up and leaves. Bam, bam, yeah, Pam like kisses him on the forehead and just walks away. Like <laughs> <laughs> you got this one. <laughs> like so, but you want to do you want to do archery? You like you like that accurate type sport? I just think I just think you know being able to handle. I again, it's another sport that's like super difficult. I mean, if I could be an Olympic boxer, if I could be an Olympic basketball player, I've either three on three or regular. You know, if you, honestly, all of these sports, I feel like except for sport climbing. <laughs> would be no sport climbing and wrestling too i just don't have i i think it's the tenacity for wrestling i mean yeah. i would feel because you i mean you got to get in there mm-hmm. any former wrestlers who are listening to this i mean you you i'm sure you know better than than i can trying to describe it you got to get in there you got to beat this man to a pulp and pin him to the ground like yeah, there's gotta, no mercy you got to get the pins you have to know the rules like, yeah like you can't yeah. it's not it's not just like like there's strategy to it. It's not just like, you know, bear mauling somebody. It's like you got to get them in a certain position and you have to break out of some holds. Like it's kind of, it's intense. It's intense. Yeah. But I would also do handball too. Handball. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that was an Olympic sport. I didn't know that that was really a sport outside of PE class, but it is me neither. Me neither. Have you, so have you done, you know, not like archery, archery, but have you shot like a bow and arrow before? Oh, quite a few years ago when I was a lot younger. Yeah. More spry. Pretty. It's so, it's so, it's so intricate of a sport. Like, like how, when you pull the, when you pull the arrow back, right? Like if you move your bow, like one centimeter, that thing's going flying. Mm -hmm. Like that's insane. Like, like that much of an angle difference can be like bullseye to, you know, hitting some guy in his car waiting for his daughter in the lobby. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of insane. Like you gotta, you gotta have like the perfect eye. You gotta have the perfect position. It's not just like, you know, keeping it 90 degrees. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's depending on your height and it's, you know, how far did you push, pull it back? Like, is it going to reach in the first, like that's, it's, it's a lot to think about right before you, right before you shoot that. Uh-huh. Pretty crazy. Yep. Can I, can yeah. I tell you, can I tell you what I wouldn't want to do? Talk to me. Diving. Can't Ooh, do it. Yeah. Can't do it. I have never been a good diver. I've taken, you know, you know, as a kid, you do swimming lessons and stuff. Always hated diving for some reason. Could never get a standing dive proper. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like the motion you have to do, or if like maybe it's like this, like a little bit internal fear of like heights and like feeling like, oh man, like I'm always going to belly flop if I do this, mm. but I like you, like I'll get into position. Right. 
and then I'll do the little like knee bend, you know, you know, kind of like I'm, you know, one foot in the front, whatever. But it just never looks right. It never feels like, dang, like I did a dive. So I could never do it. And then plus what they have to do, like I'm just talking about like, you know, sixth grade swimming class. The things they have to do where they're on the freaking platform and it's not a bouncy platform it's a regular platform and and they just have to jump off of it they're jumping off of it and they have to yeah they have to do flips and they have to do pirouettes and <laughs> all this stuff in the air and then land literally as straight as a pencil and with with as minimal splash as possible like you you get like one droplet more than they you're getting like a 9.9 like it's like that's you're getting like an an eight. Yeah, well, if your like, splash is wrong. Yeah, it's like every every like gallon of water that comes off, you like lose a point. Like I don't know. Like that's kind of insane that they do all that mid air, and then have to think, okay, I have to finish this trick. I don't know what they call it in diving. I'm sorry, diving community, but I have to finish this trick and then get into my position to to finish the dive. Yeah, I can't do it. And you're like 50 feet above in the air, can't do it. In- and how do you do it? I mean, how do you, right, exactly. You're 50 feet up too. I was at the beach at the 4th of July and I fell off a, you know, just one of those like platforms that's in the water. I like fell a, off of like one of those on my thing. Yeah. Like a little dock thing, yeah. but it's one of the ones that's like not attached to the land. Oh, gotcha. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? So we're like yeah. in the water. I fell off one of those and I just hit my side. You know, I didn't mean to that hurt. Imagine if you messed up a dive from 50 feet in the air. Good God. Like, yeah, you well, you, you're contorting yourself in so many different ways. If you yeah. land improperly at all, like you're done dead. Like, <laughs> eh, like you're getting, you're damn near going to pull hurts. something or break yeah. something like, wa- like hitting the surface of water is so much harder than you realize. Like they make it look so easy. Cause they're just almost like gliding in and you're like, Oh wow. Like that looks so smooth. But if it was me, I'd be like, flailing my arms out and i go face first and i'd like come out with like two black eyes and stuff like it'd be crazy it'd be really bad you know props to all of these olympic athletes um also i gotta say hey listen i'm not gonna get political here but athletes should no longer be prosecuted for smoking weed good god Mm -hmm. that's it that's all i'm gonna say it's messed up that you're gonna ban people you know exactly what i'm talking about that's messed up that's it. That's all Crazy I got to say. Situation. Especially Crazy if they're situation. Really, especially if yeah. they're athletes that are going to help your program. Like, mm. Yeah. And, and, and it makes you want to tune into the Olympics a little bit less, mm-hmm. just a little bit. You know, you're like, you're, if you're going to be this, this hard about a drug that has helped so many people, even calling it a drug seems like derogatory. It really right. is not. And she, and, and she literally said, she's like, I, I do this to help me. So that's, that's just me. Anyway. All right. Trez. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, everybody. This thanks, for been... thanks for being here, Max. No, thank you. No, thank All you. All right, we're going to go play basketball. Shreyas, good luck. <laughs> hit your shots. Thank you. I'm going to hit, you know, you miss 100%, 100% of the shots you don't take, though. So. That's true. That's true. You do. So shoot every single shot. Even if your team, <laughs> you just, you demand the ball from your teammates and just, just jack it up. <laughs> One of them, I sure, I'm sure will go in. All righty. Well, you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas, and we will see you next time. Peace.